Hello and welcome back to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and today it's episode 210 with friend of the podcast, founder of Facebook Squash Stories, which is without question the most vibrant, the most eclectic, and uh, consists of the most knowledgeable squash community out there on the web. I've been talking about none other than Jamie Maddox. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Jamie's uh, uh, ever since uh, basically we met uh, when I joined uh, Squash Stories way back. It was, uh, I think it was right around the time I started this podcast, actually. Uh, I think he may have, uh, Squash Stories may have been around for a bit longer than I have here with uh, my podcast but uh, yeah I'm a huge fan and uh, you know for Jamie uh, or for anyone for that matter who decides they want to uh, you know grow a huge squash community of I'm not sure how many members he has on there it's 10,000 or more I'm not sure but uh, it's a huge number Uh, you have to have very very thick skin to oversee something as powerful as squash stories and he certainly does and he's certainly uh, doing a great job you're not going to uh to please everyone are you and uh you're likely probably likely to offend a few people along the way but you know he's taken it all in his stride and done a tremendous job uh with the squash stories and we have a lot uh, to be thankful for because it's set like i said such a tremendous community there's so much uh, content on there the history of the game of course, the pro game, plenty of discussion, and Jamie uh, knows his squash inside and out, uh, amongst others uh, of uh, within that squash. I mean, there's so many people uh, contributing there that know so much about the game, uh, and there's a lot of fun. Uh, people have a lot of fun on that community as well, and if you're not having fun, you're not enjoying your squash, are you? So, uh, But anyways, today, uh, we again, uh, we have a great fun chat. Uh, we also get uh, serious about a few topics as well uh we there's a lot of substance uh there today we take a deep deep dive on the pro tour uh which is uh right now i think uh, off in the horizon there we've got the tournament champions coming up in may i believe and then after that uh, the world championships are on the horizon as well uh, manchester is starting uh, i believe tomorrow or maybe even today uh, so uh we're, we just take a look at uh, what's happened uh, in the recent uh, tournaments of course the British Open just concluding uh, prior to that Canary Wharf uh, you know the Windy City so there's been plenty of squash we talk about uh, how things have played out so far he gives us his insight uh, on the on uh, Paul Cole's success and uh, who uh, who he feels might be the most likely uh, player to uh, to make a serious challenge uh, to Paul uh, and of course we take a look at the women's game and uh, he's extremely impressed with what he's seen out there He'll admittedly he's uh, he doesn't watch as much of the women's game as he does the men's. But uh, I think what uh, what I gleaned from this is that uh, he's a huge fan of the game, and and we we take a deep dive as well and discuss uh, what's going on in the women's uh, game as well. And uh, of course we have a great chat. We wouldn't. Uh, you know, I, we'd be remiss not to uh, discuss Mustafa Saul and the the evolution of Mustafa. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we discuss what we see are uh, sort of how he's grown, how he's matured uh, just over the last little while and uh, our views on how he's matured and on and also on uh, officiating uh, during his matches, how that, uh, what's been going on there. I think uh, the officials have been giving him more of a fair shake and... Uh, 
And Jamie gives us his insight on that as well, as well as uh, how uh, some of the other players have been uh, responding to Mustafa on court. And we discuss how that's been playing out in the last couple of events. So uh, really looking forward to that. And of course, we look at what's happening on squash stories these days. There's quite a bit going on in the community and uh, Jamie breaks that breaks that down for us. And uh, we take a look at some of the, the cast of characters that are most prolific in the squash stories community. And that's a lot of fun as well. So without further ado, here he is. Episode 210 with Jamie Maddox. Yeah, I'm, uh, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm just happy to have you on, man. It's always. Uh, oh, no, Jerry. No, it's always a pleasure. It's always it's always fantastic to have the uh, the founder of Facebook uh, Squash Stories, uh, the most prolific squash community in, on social media. Oh, thank you for that. Without nice. question. Uh, so, how how's everything going? Uh, everything's going okay. I mean, I could I could go on about all my injury woes, but I'm not going to do unless you ask me. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, I, I played. I've been playing twice a week these days, and uh, I mean, it's it's okay. But uh, you know, I've got a bit of a wonky hip myself. You know, uh, it, it affects my movement a bit. But uh, so I, I sort of feel your pain. But I'm, I'm, I know you had a, a significant uh, surgery about two years ago, right? Yeah. Well, it's arthro- I've had arthroscopies in both knees, but it's the actual it's like the arthritis that's the big problem. Yeah. So I'm playing, I've been pl- trying to play with arthritis, so it's... Um, so how does that, I mean, you know, I, I'm a bit achy. I, I mean, uh, is that pretty, like when you say you're trying to play with arthritis, is that sort of just a achy uh, movement-related stuff that, you know, you can't move like you would w- yeah, would like it's to? to? It's very difficult to describe, but basically you can't, react quickly if someone's got a bit of a hold and they sort of you can't check back so you've got to pack you kind of playing and guessing and and if you if somebody's got a bit of a hold or the ball goes where you don't think it's going to go you, you literally have it and it's you're just left floundering like a flatfish like a suntan <laughs> starfish in a daze <laughs> yeah yeah i know that feeling i mean that that's kind of uh, I mean, I'm playing against like where I live now. There, there, aren't, there isn't a lot of really great competition for me. But uh, like the guys that I play, uh, they're pretty good. But you know, they tend to hit a lot. You know, they, they hit the ball a million miles an hour, and a lot of frame. Where they get me is that they they hit a lot of sometimes some frame shots, and I don't react uh, quickly to those ones. No, no, no. They're the, they're the, we as squash players, we rely on consistency and looking, judging somebody's movement and the pace of the ball. So obviously, if it sort of catches the frame, that throws everything everything out of the window. And uh, I'm the same as you, Jerry. I just can't react anymore. Yeah, there's got to be a way. I mean, uh, there's got to be a way around that. Obviously, slowing it down, putting putting height on the ball. But uh, I, I just find may, maybe I'm just not. Uh, not as watchful uh, when the ball gets behind me. Uh, maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm lazy or. Yeah, I mean, the, I think, I think as a squash player, you know, over the years, you definitely uh, sort of neglect certain things, and a, and a coach would probably see that straight away. But you know, it's, too, it's kind of too late for that now. But I think you're right. I think you do, you know, no, no, what you're not you're guilty of not watching your opponent's shot right until the ball leaves the string. That's 
that's definitely not going to help. But I think it is a physical, more of a physical thing with me, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, hang in there. Maybe, uh, maybe things will change. Maybe things will come around. You'll discover uh, something to help you out. But uh, I just wanted to say, on behalf of uh, the squash community, uh, Jamie, you're doing such a great service with um, with Facebook uh, squash stories. And, uh, you know, I, I've been on the part of the community now for a number of years. Uh, I wouldn't say since you started it, but uh, right around the time you did start it. And, um, you know, there's tremendous content on there uh, always and of, of late, uh, ranging from PSA uh, related stuff and looking back to the old days. I like it when you put up the old draws and, you know, I go through the draw list and I see some old, old friends of mine like Gary Waite and, uh you know, <laughs> got old Canadian legends and uh, all, all the legends are on there. And then there's always some tremendous banter amongst the community members themselves about any given topic. It could be squash or non, non-squash related, but, uh, you know, fantastic stuff. I'm just wondering, uh, uh, how do you think uh, squash stories, uh, Jamie, how has it e- evolved over the past few years? Uh, I think you asked me this last time, Jerry. Um, I think, like anything, it has evolved, you know. I think uh, I've kind of changed a little bit. Um, I think we have got better and better as, as time's gone on. When we've become, I've, I've certainly become more aware of the sort of wider picture. Um, and I've learned a lot from people, even though I have some squabbles with people, but... I sort of go away from them and, and kind of you know if it's and I do take things on board and I think I think that uh, I think that's that's definitely happened so no I'm really proud of it at the moment Jerry it's it's, um, it's probably the best it's ever been I would have said. I agree I agree it's the best it's ever been and you know people are very you know people are. Uh sort of uh you know every everyone has their own opinion and they're accepting of each yeah. other's uh opinions even though there you know there's a lot of polarizing uh, uh topics out there but uh you know let's get right into it here Jamie Let, let's talk a bit about the uh you know the PSA uh tour I know you and I like to go back and forth on this uh every now and then uh the the season has been uh, I think very intriguing uh the way it started both on the men's and women's side but uh Let's uh, you know talk a little bit about about the women's game first, and um, you know we take a look at the women's side uh, with Sherbini uh, currently um, you know on the sidelines. Uh, to me, anyways, uh, you may disagree, but uh, it's it's pretty much a battle right now between Gohar and uh, Hamami, with a few others just sort of uh, not quite there, I would say, but almost there. Um, how would you uh, assess that? Um. Well, being totally honest, Jerry, I think I've posted a few times. I don't follow the women's game as much as the men's, but I, I do enjoy it. It's just when there's a tournament on, there's an awful lot of squash to watch. Uh, yeah. So I tend to focus on what where my interest is, obviously, which is, you know, I'm not a journalist, so I, I just go with what I want to watch. So I tend to watch the men's, but obviously I follow SJ. Um, yeah, yeah you, yeah, you you know SJ a little bit, don't you? Kind of do, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've met her a few times. I just love the way she plays. I think she's, you know, she's very, very... People laugh at me when I say she's the most skillful female player, but I really think she is. And I think if she had the physicality and the speed of some of the Egyptian girls, oh. she would be the dominant she'd be, number one. Without a she'd be chance. number one, yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the other ladies, you know, I'm, 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 I mean, I did watch the Hamami... 
go-hard final um, from the British Open. And I did think that I was a little bit worried for go-hard because Hamami plays a similar kind of game, but just does it slightly better. And she's hungry and younger. So I'm just yeah. wondering how many wins go-hard, even though she's just, she's just become the world number one. How many wins is she going to have over her mammy now? And I can't, I can't see there's going to be that many. But I mean, I could be completely wrong, of course. Yeah, well, I know I know that was Hamami. It might have been her first ever win against uh, Gohar. I think, I think uh, like it's pretty lopsided in Gohar's favor. But but as you said, you know, she's a, she uh, Hamami's much younger. And I just felt, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge fan of both players, but I really like Gohar's intensity and her athleticism, the way she moves around the court. Uh, and she just hammers the ball. But, you know, PJ pretty much uh, had written off Hamami before the, the match. I don't know if you saw the interview. He, uh, he, just, he basically said that uh, she was going to lose three love. And then uh, she went on there. And um, I just thought, in my, in my opinion anyways, Noran lacked a bit of um, intensity. Like she, she seemed, she's, she's always extremely intense, but she didn't for some reason. And I think it might have been because uh, – Hamami just sort of uh, she she had an answer for everything. Yeah, she she did. She was quicker around the court, um, and she matched her she matched her with uh, with the pace of the game. Uh, I think she took her drop volleys on a little bit better than uh, Gohar. But it's difficult when you're being shot at and you you've just become the number one, and you've got somebody playing with confidence who's who's hungry. It's a lot harder than the other you know when it's the other way around. So. I mean, she's with Rod Martin, I think, now, go yeah. So he will obviously watch that game and, and, and he'll be going going on court and trying to work out how she can... She's going to definitely... Have, I know she's great and everything, but she's going to have to up it even more now. I yeah, think. she is. She is, definitely. Uh, I, I just thought, you know, judge, you know from her previous... Because uh, she she was on fire, right? She I don't think she, she'd won the last few events and hadn't really dropped a game, I don't think, uh, in the last event. She won all three loves. So she might have just taken her, her eye off the ball a little bit there in the final. Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch the other games in the run-up. I had no idea that she'd never beat her before when I started watching it. I just... Just watching it from that point of view, I just thought that Hamami looked looked the better player. Mm. Uh, I, I had no idea, good. but would have suggested that Gohar would have won that. So, yeah, yeah she was so certainly. I mean, she was right. fair. I mean, she's always hungry, Hamami, when she she she's a fighter, right? She might not look like it, you know, but you know, she she's definitely a fighter, isn't she? Oh, she does look like it. I mean, did you see her at the end, Jerry? Did you see the yeah the, uh, fashion? I mean, I, I mean, she, she's she's a good-looking uh, young lady. That that's kind of what I mean. Uh, that kind of, yeah. They both are. They both. They both very very. Yeah, very very. very yeah, it's great for the game. Getting <laughs> back to squash, yeah. Um, no, I think it's great. I think there is a definite rivalry there. I mean, if Shabin is injured, is, is she injured for? Is it kind of a long-term thing? Or? Well, that that happened in in the. I mean, uh, you might have saw my post on. I think I posted it uh, during the match on Squash Stories in the Canary Wharf. The first game of uh, Gohar in the final between Gohar and uh, Sherbini was some of the best squash, men's or women's, that I've seen. And I'm not, you know, that's not hyperbole. It was it was absolutely awesome. I mean, uh, they were both playing at the highest level, and then. Uh, I think that was, you know, the the length of that game and the, you know, just how hard it was, 
uh, there was obviously an injury there before the game started. So, um, yeah, she, uh, Sherbini, uh, didn't really, uh, play there in the second and third game. She, well, she I, tried, yeah. but I didn't know, I didn't know that I didn't watch the match. So, but yeah. I mean, I guess oh, yeah. in, some, in some ways, Jerry, you know, I mean, players these days, the, the tournaments are coming thick and fast, and I think they do like a rest. So, even if you've, they've got a bit of an injury, they're away and the rest of the body is, is resting at the same time. So, sometimes it's, it might not be such a bad thing, but then obviously, if they're out of the fight, then that, that sort of. Uh, you know, the intensity of match play sort of slackens off a little bit. So it's a kind of, I don't know, I think she'll come back and, and be a force to be reckoned with again from what I've seen. But like okay. I said, Yeah, well, they, a lot of people like to say she's, some people argue she's the greatest uh, uh, female player of all time. There's obviously debate about that, but she, she's been at the top of the game for, for quite a while, uh, Sherbini. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's an ongoing argument. Well, it's not an argument, but there's an ongoing thing on squash stories and on some other forums about the greatest um, female player of all time. And yeah. Heather McKay seems to be the, the name that keeps that keeps cropping up. Heather McKay? Is it Heather McKay? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Well, so definitely uh, in terms of, uh, you know, longevity and the number of wins that she had. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, England, the 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 British ladies look. Uh, you know, there's some talent coming up th- through there. Obviously, uh, you, you mentioned Sarah Jane, but then we've got uh, Gina Kennedy, who uh, uh, she's my dark horse, maybe to win uh, in Manchester coming up uh, uh, this week. And also, uh, I was really impressed with uh, Jasmine uh, Hutton, her performance against Amanda Sobey. She I'd never seen her play before. Obviously, she's good, but uh, she looked very good in that match. Uh, so what do you think of that? I mean, Gina obviously has proven, uh, you know, she's right up there with the best in the world. She just needs a little, add a little something to more offensive, uh, more deception, I think, to her game. Yeah. But, uh, Jasmine is also extreme. She's a well-rounded player. Yeah, I think where Gina's concerned, it was it was like uh, the people in the know of the women's game kind of weren't surprised, which kind of came out of nowhere as far as, the, the, you know, the squash viewers concerned. And she sort of, I, I don't honestly think I've ever seen any female player as quick mm, yeah. as Gina Kennedy. And I think, and I think she's got that durability fitness wise as well. So she's, she really does love the business. You know, if she can, carry on improving her game technically I think I think that you know she definitely could go right to the top and obviously Jasmine is one of Rob's players so I've seen her play a few times and I really like the way she plays and I think uh, I think there's going to be some battles between those two hopefully yeah yeah well it bodes well I mean the you know, uh, in terms of, you know, overcoming the Egyptian dominance. I mean, those they're two young girls. And then uh, hopefully Sarah Jane will, uh, you know, keep on improving and, and uh, you know, make inroads uh, even further than she has already. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the men, sorry, what was that, uh, Jamie? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. No, she always, she always speaks highly. I've had her, uh, Sarah SJ, on a few times uh, here, and she always speaks very highly of you, so. She loves Jamie Maddox. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I think she knows, she knows, she knows who, she knows you and she uh, she appreciates your, uh, your support. Most certainly. 
<laughs> That's my estimation, anyways. But uh, yeah, in terms of the men's uh, side, Jamie, I mean, uh, to me, it couldn't be a more intriguing uh, time right now because there's so many guys out there. But uh, I think I, uh, on the last podcast, in my at the end of it, I, I basically I just said uh, that Paul Cole, he sort of served the rest of the guys. He served them notice. Uh, he, uh, at the moment, he just he just appears to be at another level. He beat uh, Elias, he beat Farag, and he beat uh, Asal Three Love, and it looked as though like they had no answer for the game that he's that he's bringing. Uh, uh, obviously. You know th that could change, but uh, right now I think he served them notice. What do you what do you say to that? Well, you can't argue with that. On the performances in recent times, he just looks uh, like he's the supreme player. He's like a kind of you know he's got if you compute if you if you were to um, create a, a computer version of a perfect squash player, he kind of ticks all the boxes, really, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, I can't. I mean, I can't. Knowing Rob as well as I do, I can't say I'm that surprised, if I'm being honest, because Rob kind of told me what was going to he kind of told me what was going to happen about two years ago. So it's sort of seeing it all play out almost exactly is, is just probably the most amazing thing I've ever I've ever experienced. It, you know, since I started being interested in squash, I mean, it's phenomenal, really. But it's great. I think he's a great, a great, he's a great person and a great player. And um, but I can't wait till Mohammed beats him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but uh, I mean, just in terms of what he's able to do, I mean, physically, obviously, he he can read what I say. He can reset any so many rallies, right? Like he could be all, he could be out of it and then just reset it, and then then get it back to his terms and, and put put the ball away. He is. He's unbelievable. But you know what, Jerry? I honestly feel most most players, if you ask them, you know, when they were going into a tournament or a match, they'd say they had a basic game plan. And yet, I can't see any other player carrying out a game plan apart from Paul Cole. And when you say reset, that's exactly what he does. He, he plays the rallies. He plays the shots. He's quite predictable, but he's got a beautiful hold now. And he's got these other options as well. And... Um, when he makes an error or he doesn't get the ball wide enough or he goes short too early or what, one, of, one of the classic sort of things that he shouldn't do, he immediately, you can see it on his face, he talks to himself, resets, decides that he, he's, he, you know, he knows what he's going to do in the next rally and, and, and his opponent sees him doing that as well. It must be absolutely soul-destroying uh, to see him because he can physically back it up. So, yeah. so he can go through a rough patch in a game which he's going to do against some of the top guys, you know, and it could be two or three points. It could be more than that. It could be four or five points down, but they see him resetting each time. And he knows what he's doing. He's got his instructions. He's got the physicality and he's, he's almost looks unstoppable at the moment, but you know, as we saw in Canary Wharf, he will lose. Uh, he will lose from time to time. Yeah. Now, I think uh, in terms of the other guys, there are only they're only right now, anyways. There only seem to be a couple of guys, in my opinion, that that have that sort. I guess you could say the physicality. I wouldn't say to match him, but to be able to play his game and win. Uh, obviously, uh, I think Mustafa uh, can can do that. He's he's one guy who could go out there 
and physically sort of back up if he if he hasn't been uh, tested too much previously. And uh, I think Ferris as well, uh, although you know mentally he uh, he's not as strong as Mustafa, and he could uh, you know that that can also be an issue for him. But the the two of them I think are the two guys who who have the ability to sort of on any given day or on equal terms and they're on equal terms with, uh, with Paul in terms of the physicality and also uh, the games uh, that they bring. Yeah, I think they, I think they are, but where, what they lack that, that Paul Cole um, doesn't lack is that he's got a game plan. Like I said before, he's got yeah. a game plan. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not playing. All the other players are reactionary. They, they, they play a game because they've been successful. They kind of they back themselves to play whatever kind of rallies they want to play, and they're going to come out. They're going to come out on top. And against against Superman, they, they don't because <laughs> yeah. resets and, and it's kind of. Um, so what's his kryptonite, Jamie? It, well, yeah, I mean when. when first heard about the Superman tag and the name, you know, it was because he was kind of diving around and all, obviously all I I was a big critic of that I don't know if you remember Jerry, but I got a lot of stick about that, but since he, since he started working with Rob, it was one of the first things that they stopped was that, you know, okay, there's no photo opportunities, you know, where he's diving around it doesn't look as dynamic, but Rob's got him getting in classic positions where he's got lots of options and it might look a little bit more boring, but God, it's absolutely devastating and oh, yeah. you know, it's a secret really, that's the key. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Are you still there, uh, Jamie? Sorry, yeah, I thought I think it just the line just went a little bit strange. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh yeah, he certainly did uh, he I mean he he made uh, quick work or uh, easy work, I thought, uh, of uh Ali. Uh I'm not sure Ali, Ali re sort of needs to reassess how he's going to play um, Paul in the future. But uh, a couple of guys that I've been uh, young guys that I've been impressed with that could, uh, that could also push um, at the top. There is uh, obviously uh, Yusuf Ibrahim if he, uh, and uh, Patrick Rooney. Yeah, definitely two, two players that I think we're going to be seeing on squash TV a lot more. And Patrick is, he's a local lad, you know, he's from Merseyside. So, He's been down to my club a few times. He's, a, he's, a, he's such a fantastic player and a, and a really lovely guy. And I wish him all the best. You know, I think he's he's the kind of player that really, you know, he's a, he's gonna if he can get in the mix in the latter stages of the main tournaments, everybody's gonna see what a great player he is. So yeah, uh, he's good. And uh, who was the other player you mentioned, Jerry? Ibrahim uh, Yusuf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you saw you saw he he joined Squash Stories. Just oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a really nice kid. Nice kid. Uh, uh, a really good guy. Well, he, yeah. And what he did, Jerry, which was really nice, was you know he he, he we talked about him and you know and, and I, I think I sort of mentioned he'd be you know his attitude was a bit dodgy and whatnot, but he just rode rode over all that. You know, he was mature enough to see that all sportsmen, you know, get critiqued uh, from time to time, and it's good and bad. And he and he was mature enough and smart enough to sort of come back on and sort of say, you know, it's a great forum and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a member. And I just thought that, I thought that was absolutely spot on. But as far as his squash is concerned, I mean, he's just off the scale. Oh, man, isn't he? Yeah. 
what an exciting player we've got with Ibrahim. I just hope that he, you know he can back it up physically because he's quite a big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he play. He there's no one really. There are a few guys out there that that have really unique and very effective styles. Obviously, uh, Mustafa Saul is uh, is one of them. Uh, he's although he's turning into he he plays a really really one of the best basic games out there. But uh, Yusuf uh, Ibrahim, oh my goodness! I mean, it uh, just just the the type of squad is it's attack attack attack, and he just moves around. So uh, he's so quick. Yeah, he, he, he's an absolute. I mean. <laughs> On a slightly colder court, I think he could, he, you know, I mean, he's just, uh, it could be anybody, he does anyway, but he, uh, he, he's, I'd love to see his percentage of winners because he, he's off the scale. I've not seen anybody like that for a while. But he's, uh, he, he really has got everything. And uh, I can't wait to see him play again. He's not even yeah. Fortunately. I'm guessing. I guess the next time we'll see him is uh, the tournament and tournament of champions. Uh, yeah, it's tournament of champions, and then it's the world champs, isn't it? So yeah, hopefully, yeah, we will we will get to see him. So uh, I'll be wishing him all the best, Jerry. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And and what's your? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Diego Elias has. Uh, you know, he's had some good results lately. He's also had uh, you know a few, uh, I'm sure, disappointing results. Uh, just to me, it seems it seems like uh, you know he he's just some at some point in, in some stages of matches and in critical stages sometimes when things get a bit bit tough or you know he has to have a little word with the officials he he lacks a bit of maturity. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I really like Diego. I think he's, he's again he's another great character in the mix. We've got fantastic scenario at the moment with all the different characters. I mean, I can't wait for each tournament to come up so I can see who, you know, who's taking part. But I mean, he's grown on me, Jerry. To be honest, Diego, and uh, yeah. the little bit of of talk back and petulance, I, I just, I just goes over my head. I don't really care about that. It's, um, I like, I like to see him play, and he's. Um, but I do have to say that when he, when he, when he came up against Paul Cole, he just, he, again, like Ali Farag. And Mustafa, to a certain degree, they, they just, you know, they didn't really know what to do at all. Yeah. I mean, he's got such a, he's such a great, I love watching him play because he's so smooth and he, you know, just the way he moves the ball around the court, his racket skills. Uh, there aren't, he, he might have the best skills there. Uh, the, he might be the smoothest guy out there, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear a lot, a lot of people say the same thing. I, I, you know, he's, he's, um, one of those players that I think will be there or thereabouts, but I don't, I have to say, I don't think he'll ever be a dominant number one. I think he's going no. to be, he's won, which was the tournament he won a while ago. I think it was, he won, he won a big, a big tournament not long ago, but I think he's going to be spasmodic because I don't think, I hope I'm proved wrong, but I don't think he'll, he'll ever be fit enough to be a dominant number one, but, you know, maybe yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to put in some some hard work, and if he does, you never know. Like you said, um, yeah, I think so. But maybe he's not the player. Maybe he's not the type of player who who, who will ever do that. Just as Kamal Zaman never was. Doesn't you know? They still got their place in history. You know the way they play. I yeah. think he takes very very special kind of combination to be a dominant world number one, and that's uh, why in the modern era, what Mohammed has done. 
something so special, you know, reclaiming that, that top spot so many times. Whether he does it again or not is irrelevant. You know, what he, we've got a living legend playing the game at the top level. And, you know, I just can't wait to see him play in Manchester next week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, um, Jamie. But uh, just let, let's have a, you know, a quick chat about another topic on squash stories that, that always gets a, a lot of run is uh, officiating uh, in the events. And uh, uh, was, yeah, I was just wondering uh, what you thought just in, in, the, in the British Open um, in terms of the officiating. Uh, Mustafa Saul, uh, he had his match against Paul Cole and there was a bit of you know, uh, a lot of people on squash stories, a, a few people anyways, seem to think that uh, uh, a number of calls went against us all. Not that that really would have affected uh, the end result, but uh, uh, did you see it that way? Well, again, if I'm being absolutely honest, I saw um, Andrea Santamaria uh, ref him in one of his earlier matches, and she was just absolutely fabulous. It was the perfect scenario. I was a bit worried because I heard a stern voice at the start called time and I thought, oh God, here we go. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I really don't want to be a stuck record constantly going on about him being, you know, badly treated and the rest being bad. But once again, you know, you cannot deny it. I think it was, I think it might have been Roy Jean Jelly. Definitely wouldn't have made any difference, like you say, Jerry. But he definitely, definitely what was, you know, um, well, in my opinion, you know, giving the 50-50s, the little 50-50s were going to Paul. And then there was a, there was a couple of real howls as well, but it, it wasn't as atrocious as I've seen in the past. No, so I was no. like, I've been conditioned into thinking that if it's sort of 60-40 against Mustafa, I'm, I'm happy with that, which is a bit sad, really, because it should be 50-50. It should be a level playing field, as we all know. But, um, you know, it, what, I, you know, it was just, I didn't want to go on about it too much. But, yeah, it was there again, I'm afraid. Jerry, yeah, it was. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I, I thought so as well. Uh, but, one, I mean... And then another thing as well, uh, Mustafa just handles it so well. He handles it so well. He doesn't raise his voice. He, you know, he might ask for uh, for an explanation. Uh, he might, uh, you know, stare at the ref a little bit, but uh, there, he doesn't raise his voice and he doesn't come off as if he's annoyed at all. So I don't, I don't see why or where this, uh, you know, reputation that he has with being, I, I have no idea where that comes from. His reputation with officials, he must have. There must have been something that happened in the past that uh, that sort of uh, led to that uh, behind the scenes uh, treatment uh, of him. Yeah, like you say, Jerry, we don't know. We don't know the history. We don't know what he was like as a junior. I suspect he was very competitive in, you know, back in Egypt, and I think. You know, he got a bit of a reputation, whether it was justified or not. But we're all we're all adults. You know, in this day and age, where we're supposed to sort of, you know, look at people as they are now, and, and he kind of being. It looks to me like he's been he's been picked on. Um, you know, for his, rep his previous reputation, which is ridiculous. You know, but uh, yeah. No, his movement, uh, his movement really isn't an issue. Uh, I mean, to me, uh, these days, at least uh, the last couple of events, he's been, you know, whatever the trail lag thing is all about. I guess that that 
maybe he's straightened it out a little bit uh, of late. But uh, in the British Open, I mean, it was, you know, th- there was nothing there, nothing to um, talk. Yeah, I mean, the trailing leg thing is just a, you know, it's a red herring, Jerry. We all know that. We'll find something, <laughs> yeah. find something else next, you know. What, why yeah. I have been not picked on people with ludicrous follow-throughs, dangerous follow-throughs, you know. Why have they not done that? It's just, it definitely is. I mean, people laugh at me for saying it, but there definitely has been a conspiracy against him. And uh, the trailing leg, I mean, the guy lunges. He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. If somebody trips over his trailing leg, it's because they're too close to him because they put themselves in a bad situation. Sort of, sort of like Ferris did, right? Uh, he was he was all over him every time. Say again. A fair, I mean, j- during that period of that match where Ferris lost the plot, I mean, he was just pretty much standing right next next I mean, to. It was the perfect game for, for me because he backs up everything that I've been saying. You know, you've got a player who's playing on this bizarre reputation thing and he was being shown up on the replays. I mean, Mustafa had his legs together. It was an unnaturally straight stance that Mustafa had because obviously that pissed off uh, at, at what's been going on. He's, he's kind of got his legs almost together. It was ridiculous and yet... And yet Suzuki was still still asking, so it was. I mean, the referee was just kind of like, you know, I think it was. I think that was the Andrea Santa Maria game. She was just sort of saying to him, "Well, you know, what, what are you asking for? He's done absolutely nothing wrong." So it, yeah. it really did back up what I've been saying. So I was, I was, I loved that game. You know, it was my yeah, favorite. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad too, because, because I mean, Ferris, you know. The, the two of them toe to toe. I mean, if they played their both played their best squash, it would be a fantastic, uh, fantastic match, and it was for for a couple of games there. Yeah, I, I thought Faris Suzuki was the better player, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, know, I know he was two one down, but he clawed his way back. He was, the, you know, he won the fourth, and he was he was the dominant player in the fifth. He was he was playing better squash. He's more accurate. He was. He was. He was outplaying him, and then he just capitulated because of all that stupid nonsense. And you know, because he's oh really? Um, but I think you know when when you're talking about the staffer, he's just he's learning from every single game, and even in the Paul Cole game recently that he lost three 0 You know that pe- he's learning from Paul Cole all the time, and uh, it's just going to be. Great. Yeah, you can see that you know the respect uh, for for Paul was there, and you can see that he's learning. And he's going to come back. He's going to come back a better player, uh, definitely. The next time they play, uh, I think it's going to be a different story. Yeah, I think that's going to be. I'm hoping it is, but I think it is anyway. It's going to be the main rivalry that we're going to see. And, you yeah. know, the presentations are just are very juicy, Jerry, aren't they? I mean, you know, yeah. does Taffa open the court up next time? Does he attack him right from the first point to try and disorganize him, or will he try and play him at his own game? You know, it's going to be, it really is fascinating. I, I can't remember a time, you know, with particularly with Mohammed, you know, coming back. It's, I'm just, you know, it's mouthwatering, really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. Now, uh, there was another, just in, just staying on this topic of, of the officiating, there were a couple of instances, and in, uh, I think one in the Canary Wharf, it was a, uh, Diego Elias's match on the back courts. Obviously, there's no review. And then there was one, I think it was in the British Open, and I can't remember the two players involved, but both uh, were match balls and both 
uh, times, the official, rather than uh, play a let on a ball that maybe the, that could have been up or could have been down, the, it was inconclusive. Uh, the video review was available for the British Open one that I'm referring to. But uh, I'm just wondering why, why officials won't play a let in those situations on a match ball, uh, especially when it comes back in, in the video, at least in the, this, the last, uh, the, the British Open, the video just showed the ball uh, was above or at least appeared to be above the tin. And the, the, the Elias match, uh, I mean, how can you be sure that Elias didn't pick that ball up? Just play a let. Yeah, absolutely. I think most people say exactly that, Jerry. But I think they don't. I mean, they don't like to override their original decision because it kind of, you know, it puts them on dodgy ground if they keep doing that. But also, um, that one that you're referring to in the British Open was just ludicrous. On the replay, it showed clearly that it was up. It was up. and they called it down, so it kind of makes a mockery of even having that facility, doesn't it, in the first place? But um, well, I think uh, in some sports, uh, uh, they have, you know, you, you can look at any shot, like at, in, at the end of a game, right? If it's a match point or one minute left in, in, in the game or something, go to a review for just about any, any call or any situation. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't. I really don't know. I mean, they, they need to sort it out. I'm just kind of, um, I'm just like every other squash viewer, you know, I just want the right outcome. I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah. but the, 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 the slow-mo on the video replays, I don't know the technicalities involved, but it needs to improve because it's frames per second and it misses out vital information. So you can't actually, you can't be 100% sure but as a squash player, when you watch it in real time, you can see, uh, you can see, and it's, it is really frustrating because they do get it wrong a lot of the time. But it's still, I think it's still better. It's like VAR in football, Jerry. It's still better than, than nothing at all. No, no. So, well, they, they. I mean, for the most part, it's really improved the game, and I and I like the fact that uh, officials are, you know, going to the video review rather than making a decision themselves that they're not sure about. It's better to, you know, I forget what the wording is that they use a video review uh, instead of making the call themselves. Uh, I find that to be, you know, a smart decision. And I, and I like it when, when officials do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely more transparent than it was. But it's, you know, as we've seen with some of the Mustafa games, you know, if, if they want to, you know, if they, if they want to uh, go against him, then it's, it's still very possible. And collude together to do that. Yeah. Now, Jamie, uh, Jamie, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, didn't uh, give you the opportunity to speak about the 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 Sherbaggy brothers. Obviously, they're playing in Manchester uh, this week. Marwan's the number two seed. Mohammed's number one. Uh, you already sent mentioned your mouth is watering at the uh, you know the opportunity. Obviously, Mohammed's your favorite player. Uh, Marwan's right up there as well, but uh, just in terms of their 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 recent form, um, what would you what's your take on that, and uh, what do you expect this week uh, out of those two guys? Uh, well, okay, so my, my first, Mohammed and Marwan are my first love. They're the first players that reached out to me when Swash Story started to get quite big, um, 
and they didn't need to, you know. They saw me defending them on the page because of all the, the, the nastiness and whatnot, and uh, they reached out to me. So, you know, they're, they're, that, that's always going to be special to me. So getting back to form, I think I think it's it's very difficult with Mohammed at the moment because he, t- he took this break out, he's come back, he won the Octasia, which was no mean feat. He beat a good Joel making in the final. He got beat by um, who, who was the guy that beat him, Jerry? In the British, uh, who beat? It wasn't Ibrahim, was it? It was another. Oh, it was uh, Mueller? Nicholas Mueller. No, Andrew, wasn't it? And there, Raphael Kandra. Kandra. Jerry, you broke up then. Yeah, it was. It was Kandra. So. Kendra, yeah. On a, really, on a really, really cold court, 3-2 against Kendra, that could have happened four or five years ago when Mohammed was world number one. Yeah. So I'm not reading anything into that. And then his other defeat was against... You'll have to remind me again now, Jerry. I think Yusuf Ibrahim beat him. Sorry? I think Yusuf uh, Ibrahim beat him recently. Yes, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Yusuf Ibrahim beat him, and Yusuf Ibrahim has beaten him, beaten him before. So, well, yeah, uh, Yusuf just got—he—he's like a bogeyman for Mohammed. Is he's just so quick, and he plays a lot of short balls, which isn't necessarily—you know—doesn't play into Mohammed's exactly game. Yeah, and particularly now he's getting getting a little bit older. He can't change direction quite as quickly, so it's. It is an, an absolute nightmare. So I'm, I, the jury's out, really. I don't. I don't really. I think that if he's if he's got a game plan and he plays the right way, he he could still be the top player in the world. I really believe that. So I think he's going to be really interesting to see. I think this Manchester tournament will be a bit of an indication as to what his chances are going to be in the World Championship. So yeah, it's a good warm up for him, isn't it? It's a it's a good test. So and I really, really hope I get to see him. But um, I'm going on the Friday, so it's the quarterfinals. So hopefully he'll still be in there. Yeah. Um, and then as far as Marwan's concerned, I mean, Marwan, a couple of years ago, we, we were, both, I think on our, our last podcast, we spoke about Marwan and, Marwan and we both agreed that he was, you know, potentially one of, one of the top contenders. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, he's just lost his way. I don't, I don't know. He's been up with... I think he's been with Nick Matthew in the Nick Matthew camp, and um, whatever they've been doing, it's not been working for him. It's not suited him because his game's just gone. Seems to have gone backwards. He doesn't seem to have any sort of adrenaline, you know, going on. He, he's kind of he's he's all he's very well controlled. He's taking the bad decisions well, but he's not winning. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering wh- whether he needs a different a different approach, really. But I mean. Yeah, I know in the British when I watched his matches in the British, I mean he has he has everything. You know, he he he's probably one of the most uh, uh, like his basic squash it could be the best out there. Like just his his pure his length game, his ability to control the ball and move it around the court. Uh he doesn't do it, you know, as in an electrifying fashion, but he he does it effectively. Yeah, he does. And it's just, you know, it breaks my heart to see him struggling. It really does. But um, hopefully Manchester will signal 
um, you know, a, a turn in that. And he's still young enough, Jerry. You know, he's uh, yeah, yeah, like twenty. So he's coming in. He's coming into his prime now. But if he gets it together and he gets the right sort of, um, you know, he's got the right people working working with him. I think he, we could see a, a resurgence just in time. So. Hopefully, Marlon will be in the mix for the next couple of years, as, as will Mohammed. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Well, exciting times for you. Uh, Going to head down to Manchester and watch uh, watch the the, uh, the Sherbaggies. Uh, Joel Macon's in there as well. I think the the Swiss Rocket, uh, he's also a bit of a resurgence of late. He'll be playing uh, some good squash uh, there in Manchester. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger, the Manchester tournament. And... Um... The ladies as well. Uh, uh, I think uh, was it Gina? Gina Kennedy is my. She's she's my uh, my dark horse. My my pick to win it. Yeah, he, she, what is she seeded, Jerry? She's seeded fourth. Uh, oh, really? So who else is who else is in the women's? Uh, Joelle King is seeded one or two, and Sarah Jane's one or two. Uh, Gina's four. Uh, and I'm not sure who number three is. Okay, but, yeah. well, but uh, you know, I think Joelle's obviously the 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 favorite, maybe to win that. But Sarah Jane could win it. Gina, I think Gina's on Sarah Jane's side, and I just, to me, anyways, with the way yeah. there with the the two styles, I think Gina might take that. Yeah, well, I'll be, I mean, we'll we'll I will get to see um, the, the the ladies' quarterfinals, so. I'm really looking forward to that. My missus, Mrs. M, follows the women's game, and she she can't she can't wait to see to see uh, them play. Who's her favorite? Um, who's who are some of her favorite players? I think she likes Joel King. Does she? Yeah, yeah. She really likes Joel King, but I think it's more. It's not really a squash. I think she just likes she likes the sort of kit she wears and things like that. <laughs> yeah 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 no okay. she she likes she likes that her her on-court demeanor and she's yeah. very very intense and i think she likes she just likes everything Missy, mrs m is quite a good squash player herself jerry bet, so she, yeah i've seen some she knows, of she knows she knows she knows her stuff so yeah i think yeah. Jo- joel king has been her favorite for quite a while well she's a she's a player that you know to me anyways she's she's very athletic she she hits the ball a ton uh uh, she's just missing some, maybe it's the intensity or some sort of uh, intangible that, uh, you know, to get to, to get to, to number one, has she been number one? I think she was. I'm not, I'm not number sure, one. Jerry, like I say, yeah. uh, I, I'm not an expert on the, on the ladies game, but. Um, no, but she may have gotten close. I don't think she, I mean, we've had Raneem, Sherbini, Gohar. Uh, yeah. I don't think she has been number one, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah. She she play, it'd be difficult if I was coaching Joel King. It'd be difficult, really, because technically she looks absolutely sound. She's got brilliant mentality. She play she plays with a really good intensity. I mean, she's she's almost the classic player, but yet she's not the number one. So you you ask yourself why, and I think probably she may be not quite as fast. She's not quite as quick. She's not quite as explosive. But I think I don't know if that's something that a player can improve. But um, that that would be my only the only thing I could I could say she's she's kind of the model player really. Well, what I mean, what imagine if she were to go out there and just try to hit the ball uh, like Noran Gohar uh, every time a million miles she she could do that. Yeah, but I don't know I don't know whether that that'd be the right answer. Well, the recipe for success. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still think with the lower tin, the ladies' game is crying out for somebody who could. Who, I mean, you see it with SJ. She, yeah, she, you know, she when she plays short, she just leaves some of the other girls completely standing, and you think to yourself, well, if she was in the body of her mammy. Yeah. You know, and she she had the she had the speed around court and this short game. I mean, the amount of points they pick up straight off service and things like that. It's it's you know it's it's waiting to happen, in my yeah. opinion. Well, if I, I was a the coach of that in the women's game, I, I would say that she's pretty good at it. Is uh, Tayeb? Yeah, well, ta- yeah, I agree. I think ta- Tayeb definitely um, shows shows that side. She plays more of a kind of a. I hope I'm not going to get any criticism for this, but she plays more <laughs> like a man. She plays a man's game almost yeah, yeah. In, so, uh, in some respects. And she, and she plays it, a little it, bit it, like Kareem Darwish. Uh, she kind of has that same, the movement yeah. and the, the, you know, the racket skill, the same skill set, you know? I, I don't, the, the Dark Prince was somebody that was just on his way out when I started watching Squash TV. So I can't really, I can remember him being pretty good, pretty technically good, but uh, and I think he, yeah. I think he even got to world number one at one point. It was yeah, just did. kind of as I started getting getting more interested. So I, I don't remember him that well, Jerry. I'm afraid yeah, uh, he, you know, he 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 was in there at a really tough time, right? Uh, obviously, yeah. JP, yeah, Galte, Linku, White, uh, Power, yeah. Nickel. Uh, so to get to number one. Uh, it was a you know no small feat. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and Shabana and people like that as well. Uh, yeah, I think it was so it many was. of them back then. There, there was so, such a sort of uh, eclectic uh, group of top players back in during that era. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you, if you drew a graph of any sport, it improves. It's going to be an upward curve, but there's going to be pivots there's going to be dips along the way and I think there has been a bit of a dip from that time but I think it's kind of starting to go up again now yeah and uh, I'm not sure about the ladies game but I know I know with, with the, the Paul Cole's definitely setting some standards at the moment yeah in the way he, in the way mm-hmm. he's playing so I think he's going to pull the other players up with him Mustafa to compete with him and Dasuki to compete with him and the Shibagis etc they're all going to have to, you know, up the game. And I think we're going to see probably, not just quite yet, but maybe in a year or two, I think we're going to see the highest level maybe ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the way, that, you know, the way guys like Dasuki play, um, even Abelgar, uh, the way they play the uh, Ibrahim, Yusuf Ibrahim, the way they play their their short games and the way they, you know, they pick up balls and they, they counter drop and, you know, just the, the speed and accuracy with which they play their short games. Uh, I've never seen squash like that before. And then you add what, what Paul's added, uh, the physicality, which everybody, uh, I don't think any, any of the other guys have. Uh, it's going to just, the, the, it's going to go off the charts soon, I think. De- definitely. I mean, it, you, know, you, know, you know me, Jerry, you know that I absolutely love, you know, the history of squash and the, and the past players. Uh, but um, you know, you only have to watch some of some of the the old old clips to see how good the, the guys are at the moment. The exchanges in the front between big guys like Mustafa and Paul Colley going in, playing those unbelievable counter drops at full stretch and getting back <laughs> into position. It's just 
it really is off the scale fantastic. And, I, I you know, and I'm watching some of the, the last tournament in the British Open. It's, you know, I'm gobsmacked by some of the rallies and it's just going to get even better. It's just, you know, it is a wonderful yeah. time for the game. Yeah, I really think, I mean, and like you said, I mean, what Paul has done, every everyone's taken notice, I think. And uh, over the next, it's not going to happen right away because the, the work that he's put in, uh, the proof is in the pudding. Everyone else is going to have to do the same if they want to uh, to compete with that. Definitely. Well, they're all going to have to adopt a game plan and carry it out as well yeah. as they can. Simple as that. He's just going to destroy every player that he's put in front of him unless they've got a game plan. Because if they're just playing reactionary squash against him, he, they're just not going to get anywhere because he's got the physicality and he's got the, yeah. the, the structure. So yeah. I can't... He's going to His, have execution. Like, like, His offensive sorry. execution is unbelievable. Like when, when he gets a chance to put it away, he puts it away every time. Well, he does. And, you know, seeing it play out, I mean, Rob, Rob sent me a, a little video of, 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 of him training with Paul a couple of months ago. Um, and it was, it was some stuff down the forehand side where he was holding his shot mid-court and then just pushing it deep. And then with the option of just chopping it in short every now and again. And it was, and, and you know, and he was sort of saying, this is, this is what we, we've been doing, you know. And then you, you only have to watch the alley. I think someone did like a heat map of it the other day. I saw something on Squash Stories, someone had posted, you know, and, and it was exactly that, you know, it was exactly that strength, that area that they'd been working on, which, which, which kind of was the dominant factor in the game. And it's just fantastic to see, you know. So um, I'm kind of getting the heads up on some of these things before they actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well uh yeah before you go, before we go jamie you've been great with your time i just wanted to ask you about the one thing uh, that's happening on squash stories and i'm not really uh up to speed on it's the uh the matches that are going on like the uh head-to-head -head matches between i think it's essen and a couple of other uh you mean the squash, squash ladder yeah the squash ladder how's that how's that all playing out so, so it's just a squash ladder. They're not playing against each other. No, no, but they're they're they're, they're, they're just playing, themselves, right? Well, I had this idea, Jerry, and and it's a bit it's a bit bizarre, but then that won't surprise you. And it was it was kind of rewarding players for their enthusiasm rather than just how good they were, what standard they were. Yeah. So I knew it was going to work. Only it was only going to work with a small amount. So it was, you know, between five and maybe fifteen people, and I think it's settled at about eight at the moment. Um, and it's basically, you know, they go away and play their matches, whatever standard, and 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 obviously winning matches is is what takes you to the top. But it's the, you know, if you play twenty matches and win four, you're going to be above someone who's played three matches and won three. Right. So you get, me, you, get, you get rewarded for enthusiasm and amount of games. So it yeah. kind of perfectly suits Eshan, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still get, I, I always get a kick out of his, uh, his post-match uh, updates. Yeah, they're fantastic, aren't they? I mean, that, that's what keeps me going, Jerry, is, is, is those, those gems. And, yeah. you know, you can learn so much from it. They're so kind of um have you ever seen a film called being there being with there. peter sellers no i've heard about it though um yeah it, 
it, it's it's one of my favourite ever films. Um, and um, Eshan, or Eshan, reminds me of the character that Peter Sellers played in that film. And, it, and it's kind of an innocent kind of guy, very innocent and honest. And his observations were, were you know, were, were always spot on. And, he, and, and, and Eshan is the squash version of Peter Sellers in being there. Chansey Gardner, he was called. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm glad you're following it, though, Jerry, because it's going to get, we're going to do a profile of each player. So everybody will get to know who these people are. And um, well, maybe, maybe we can do something here on the podcast. I can have these guys come on and uh, yeah, do something. I'm sure, I'm sure that they, they all seem like really good people. So yeah, I think that they'd, they'd definitely be up for that. I think I think S Han topped the group very, very, um, very briefly. He's dropped down a little bit now, so he's going to have to pull his socks up. But um, <laughs> I, I don't know where it's going, Jerry. Like like a lot of things on squash stories, but I just know that it's good. I know it's all organic. That's the that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So wherever it heads, I think I might introduce a really ruthless relegation system. Okay, <laughs> where, where somebody just disappears off the bottom, just to just to titillate that that side of things, um, and yeah. then maybe. Somebody who who wants to wants to be on it can take their place, but um, yeah. yeah, at the moment it's all very friendly and 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 it's nice. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, uh, Jamie, you're doing a fantastic <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a fantastic job on squash stories, and uh, really appreciate uh, everything you do there. And uh, always enjoy uh, talking squash with you. Well, the same can be said for you, Jerry, with what you do. So, um, mutual admiration society, I think. Thank you. Well, that was a huge amount of fun. Many thanks to Jamie. Episode 110 in the books. Fantastic chat with him. And again, I just want to uh, say thank you uh, for everything that he does uh, on Squash Stories. It's such a fantastic uh, community, and he runs it uh, extremely well. There's so much on there. It's uh, entertaining. It's not. Uh, it's content. It's uh, insight on every aspect of the squash game that you could uh, that you can think of. And uh, Jamie does a tremendous job of uh, facilitating that. I mean, there are so many contributors there, so many knowledgeable people, people, uh, I mean, players from the pro game. Uh, Mustafa Saul has been on there. I think even Paul Cole, S.J. Perry's uh, chimed in a few times. We've got uh, Rob Owen on there a lot. Rodney Martin, uh, Del Harris has been on there. Tristan Nancaro, um, Lisa Opie's on. Uh, so many uh, contributors to that uh, squash community, and that's a testament uh, to what Jamie has done with it. So many thanks again to him. And uh, coming up on the podcast next week, with any luck, Thierry Linku. I'm really looking forward to that. I've been, uh, I've reached out to him for, you know, a few times, and uh, I think it's going to happen. So really looking for one of my again. I just had John White on. Uh, I've had Jonathan Power on. Uh, Peter Nickel, another one of my favorites from that generation, uh, along with David Palmer I've also had on, but Thierry Lin Koo, that should be a lot of fun. And i uh, got to start preparing for that again, like a kid in a candy store. 
I will be for that one. I hope all of you are well. Uh, take good care. All the best with your squash. Please uh, send me a like, a tweet, a retweet. Uh, do your thing on social media to spread the word of the podcast. Uh, drop a penny in the hat if you don't mind. I've got a PayPal link on the SoundCloud page. That would be fantastic. Most importantly, be well, be safe, be healthy, and we'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye now.